I see with my own naked eye. I gotta cut the cord and fall away. That instinct I can justify. And on, please. Dumois has the whole story. Did, did you it? hear what Dumois, Dumois said? Dumois. Who is it? Oh, can you believe this blind item? Dumois was on that story a long time Sunday ago. Sunday mean celeb sightings with Dumois. I just DM'd Dumois. I cannot believe what I just read about I on Dumois. I need more. I need to hear more. Hello, and welcome to Do You, the show where you'll hear all the latest in celeb gossip and special exclusives that are not shared on my Instagram or anywhere else. I'll be your guide into the world of celeb news, sightings, and secrets. I will be giving you all of the information I have on your favorite topics every week. This week, we're talking to stand-up comedian, actress, writer, director, producer, and podcaster Whitney Cummings. Whitney gets into some hilarious personal anecdotes and responds to some blind items and audience questions. We also touch on some other stories like a Court of Thorns and Roses update and Bill Hader intel. Let's get started. When you look at bags of dog food, you see pictures of bright carrots and juicy steaks. But when you open the bag, all you get are burnt, smelly pellets. Dog food needs some fresh thinking. Eating processed food for every meal isn't healthy. Dogs will eat anything. Just because they'll eat it, does it mean it's healthy food? This is why I love Farmer's Dog. It's real, fresh, healthy food with whole meat and veggies gently cooked in human-grade kitchens to preserve their nutritional value. Just tell them about your dog and they'll deliver personalized, vet-developed recipes for as little as $2 a day. Meals arrive in pre-portioned, ready-to-serve packs, conveniently delivered on your schedule. Dog people all across the country have ordered millions of meals from the farmer's dog. It's never been easier to invest in your dog's health with fresh food. We have partnered with Farmer's Dog for a while and have stayed loyal because of the Farmer's Dog commitment to quality always. Get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash D-E-U-X-U. That's 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash do you. Fifty high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she is returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I have a very exciting guest, 
today. I've been trying to get her on the podcast, I think literally for like the past <laughs> 10 months. Very busy lady. I'm so happy that we were finally able to schedule this. Um, Whitney Cummings, thank you for being here. For people who don't know, you are a stand-up comedian, actress, writer, director, producer, podcaster. I love it. And do moi gossip fodder, most importantly. <laughs> yes. I have never felt fa- I have never felt famous until I saw myself on Dumois. Well, I, for those people that don't know, it all started because I think you raised the question or someone raised a question if celebrities return their shopping carts. Right? Do you remember this? Yes. Uh, it is my biggest one of my biggest pet peeves. What, to me, I'm all about red flags, right? And I think like as women, as just humans, like a lot of times we miss red flags because we want so badly for a relationship to work or we want to see the best in people. I am big on fundamental manners. And when I see, I was dating someone who just, we went sh- grocery shopping, I get in the car and he just left the cart in the spot. And I was like, what are you doing? He's like, oh no, someone's going to come get it. I'm like, yeah, but what, you, how dare you? Like, it was so shocking to me that someone would not the level of rudeness and disrespect that someone wouldn't return their shopping cart like blew my mind so then every time that I was at like a grocery store I would like sit in the parking lot you know I'm a comic like we tend to have an obsession with justice and we when we start smelling something that could be something we want to talk about on stage we like we're like a dog with a bone we just cannot let go and I got obsessed with being like what percentage of people do not return their shopping cart I mean this is just this is just tyranny. I mean, it's just a disgrace. Like, I just, it drove me nuts. And then I started putting it on social media. Like, that just, it, the, the next guy that I dated, I secretly filmed him. I started taking guys to grocery stores to see oh if they would God. return it without me. That. Look, they trick us all the time. I'm allowed to trap you or trick you. So I was just, did it. And the guy that I was dating returned it. And I videoed it. And it was like, this is a man. This is the man you want to be with. And then I posted it. And I guess, yeah, people really, it resonated for some odd reason. Yeah, then people started submitting to me all celebrities that they had witnessed not returning their shopping cart. It was like a thing. It was like a blip. And I I hope people listening will remember. Because to me, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. And like, I know a lot of very famous people. I know a lot of people that, you know, I've known before they were famous. And now, uh, you know, they are and they still return their shopping cart. That is a character thing. So it's like, you know, I think fame and power can corrode your brain if you don't keep doing the basic things that's expected of everyone else because when you're like famous you make a lot of money all of a sudden you're like the rules don't apply to me someone else will handle that da 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 but then those people you know I'm sure you know that as soon as you start getting entitled as a famous actor or comic or whatever you become a worse actor or comic because you don't know how humans operate anymore because now you're in this you know, have this invincibility cloak where you don't have to return your shopping cart, you don't have to go to the grocery store. Like, you know, and I see it all the time when people get out of touch. And also, why wouldn't you want to? Like, it's such a red flag that you're just like, oh, yes, someone else will clean up my mess. Like, yuck. I agree. There's a greater meaning to the shopping cart um, returning. I agree with you. Um, Another uh, sighting that came in regarding you that people actually did not believe. Like, I literally had people message me and be like, this is not true. This sounds so unbelievable. But you actually went 
on your Instagram account and confirmed it was true. Um, somebody, no, it's it's not anything scandalous. Um, somebody saw you on their flight from Denver to LaGuardia. Um, they said she sat across from me in the terminal and ate the wildest thing. She had three Pizza, pizza Hut, Hut cheese right? pizzas and multiple grab-and-go sandwiches. You took the deli meat out of the sandwich mm-hmm. and scraped no. the cheese from the pizza and you mm-hmm. ate it like a taco. Mm-hmm. Then you threw the rest away and this was at 7 a.m. So is you absolutely confirmed. not true and I will see you in court because this is, <laughs> this is defamation uh, and I will not have it. Uh, yeah, that absolutely happened. <laughs> and look, when I, I travel so much, like I can't even imagine the wild airport stories. Like, And you know that every time in an airport now, I'm like, someone here is going to, you know, text Dumois. Like, I better watch my behavior because when I'm in an airport, I'm the person that's stretching. I'm doing yoga. I'm the person to, like, go jogging. Like, I'm just, I always think that when I'm in an airport, just no one can see me. And so I'm always like thinking about you. I'm like, oh God, she's gonna hear about me like doing <laughs> yoga and like riding the giraffe at the FAO short store for content, you know? Cause also sometimes you're in, you know, another thing that I do is a regular, um, what's it called? Like segment or whatever you would call it on my Instagram stories is, you know, when you're in an airport and you go to sit down in your gate, but one person has taken up four seats, like for their purse, yes. for their Taco Bell bag. And, you're, yep. and so I do this thing that's like, oh, d- don't worry about me. Uh, I don't need to sit down. It seems like your purse needs to seat way more than me like I kind of just do this thing of just like showing up people will take up seven seats and like you walk by and no one will move anything they're just like no my roller skates are sitting here and you're like okay like and so I, I tend to take pictures of people who travel well to be like this is how you should travel and then you know the slobs that ruin it for everyone else uh and so Every time, like, I'll be taking pictures of people in their bags, and I'm like, oh, God, someone from Dumont is, like, someone's going to say, Whitney was taking pictures of people secretly <laughs> no. without, you know, like, I don't even know if it's legal, like, uh, you know, Whitney's publicly shaming, but I never put their face in it, whatever. But, yeah, I definitely, when you're on the road a lot, uh, your culinary instincts get a little wonky. I love Pizza Hut. Um, and I just happened to be in, yeah, it was an airport that just had, like, three amazing fast food restaurants, and I didn't want to have to pick, so I just... You know, I just look. I'm a, I'm a chef, okay. And if if your fans are jealous, if your fans are jealous, then like, look, just look in the mirror. Well, someone someone told me you were keto. Is that why you were doing it? Because you were just no. eating the meat. Oh no, it was just delicious. No, but also, but let me ask you a question. When you see something like that, because you know me a little bit, because I reached out to you once. Uh, which the fact that I felt comfortable reaching out to you is just such a testament to, you know, I'm so spooked by journalists and and tabloids and stuff, but you had, you just came off to me as so reasonable and so fair. And I reached out to you because there was something and I was like, hey, uh, you know, I don't even remember why, but when you see something like that, you like, how did you know it was true? Because it, most people would never believe it. I did it and I'll tell you how I knew because the person sending it to me, she it wasn't like a troll. It wasn't from a burner account. It was from a real person's account. I could see their pictures. Ooh, they were like okay. probably like, you know, they looked like a millennial. And, you know, why would they make that up? Why would they lie? Why would they make it up? But it's, it's but I'm but you're in a lot of ways have the same skill as a lot of great comedians, which is like you gather information you know, from, you know, people tend to conflate feelings and facts a lot. You get the, you start being a sleuth going, okay, what account you like, I'm fascinated by your process of, and then you probably cross reference it of like, oh, I got two other ones like this. So that is corroborated. Like, 
you know, it, what is like the th three things, boxes that have to be checked in order for you to go, yes, I think this is probably true. I'm just curious. Um, well, I mean, it's funny you ask this because I do have a disclaimer on my site that says nothing is checked and nothing is nothing posted is based in fact. Um, but that's mainly to cover my ass. But I do have yeah. like a vetting process. Do you have umbrella insurance? No, I don't even know. Oh, that, that is. is really worth getting. So umbrella. I, I mean, I don't think I, my guess is no one's like, you know, suing you. But on my podcast, I, you know, as you said earlier, you're like, I get a lot of crazy DMs about you. Maybe you said some offensive shit on your podcast. I'm like, yeah, that's what a podcast is with a comedian. You just, you know. And so I, my business manager, after I had seen Dope Sick, I think, you know, I have West Virginia ancestry and I was going, I was like Purdue, poisoned the water and DuPont, poisoned, you know, West Virginia. And I was going like calling out in, in the Koch brothers, what they've done with the, you know, giving opioids to, you know, people. And, and I was calling out these big companies and my business manager was like, um, we need you to just um, not, not air any more episodes. Uh, let's get you umbrella insurance because if DuPont or Purdue sue you, you will you know, it'll be a, a war of attrition just because they're going to have so much more money to sue you and fight you. And so if you get umbrella insurance, then uh, it, they'll think twice about suing you, number one, but also you're covered under satire, parody, you know, and there's free speech in America. This is, you know, it's, we're very lucky to live in a country where we're, you can say something, even if you think it's true and it's not, you can go, oh, sorry, I didn't know, you know. So this insurance just makes it so they can't take what you're saying as damaging their business. Oh, I need to ask my lawyer. I'm totally going to hang up and text my lawyer. Thank you for that tip. There is a couple updates I just want to get through. The first one being about um, A Court of Thorn and Roses. I don't know if you're familiar with that book. It's an adult fantasy novel series um, that's being adapted into um, a television series and has a massive fan base. They ask nice. me... <laughs> you're like... Nice. nice. No, I'm looking at it. I'm into it. I want yeah, to play one of the thorns. I'm an audition to play a thorn. If you were in this series, like, I feel like anyone who's in this series, like, it's going to be a massive hit because there's so many fans and people ask me about it every week. I have a couple updates. You know, this is all rumored. Um, somebody says that they have a friend at Hulu who said they just got the scripts for the first four episodes. Mm. Um, so it's moving along. Um, it's not going to shoot until later this year, early next year. So there's no casting yet. So casting is open. Um, okay. Who's some, writing it? I'm not, uh, I'm not sure who's writing it. Um, but somebody also told me that the show is in a holding pattern because of the bigger Disney issues. That are happening right now. I'm sure everyone yeah. is aware that there's some issues. Well, also, yeah. So I had, sorry, I, I can because your fans seem to like really appreciate inside Hollywood baseball stuff. And yes. I happen to kind of know a lot of it. And I'm a snitch. So uh, I was doing a show at Hulu with the comedian Taylor Tomlinson and Brandon uh, Goodman. He's a writer on Big Mouth, now on HR, just brilliant, you know, comedian, writer. And over the pandemic, we kind of, you know, we're all sort of stuck together. And we're like, let's write this show about, you know, it's, you know, really kind of um, uh, confrontational stories about like race. And, you know, if you are a black person, can you ever truly have a you know, uh, deeply intimate relationship with a white person. There are limitations to how much we can understand, et cetera, et cetera. So it was a very, you know, intense uh, subject matter because Rami is one of my favorite shows on Hulu. Rami Youssef's a good friend of mine. Um, and I was like, great, this is the place for me as a comic. I've done all these sitcoms where they 
you know, wouldn't let me be who I was. I didn't have free speech. I wasn't allowed to say Jesus Christ. If, you know, I was going to say Coke, they're like, yeah, you have to say Pepsi because we have a sponsor. And you're like, well, that makes it sound weird. You know, if you say like, can I get a Gatorade? And they're like, can you say Powerade? <laughs> yeah. And you're like, no, that sounds weird. Hey, can I get a Powerade? Like what? <laughs> yeah. So like I've had to deal with all these like walking on eggshells around network standards. And as a comedian that, you know, you know me, I you know, say wild shit. Um, so I was like, oh, Hulu, finally, you know, there's a place to be able to do what I do without feeling like I have my hands tied behind my back. And then Disney bought it. And uh, the, the head of Hulu is really smart. Billy Rosenberg's a you know genius, but it was sort of like that show, we, we can't make that. And we have to make it a family show, you know? So, you know, what I think a lot of people get really attached to their streamer and then the content starts to change, you know, cause now Hulu, I'm actually on the Fox show accused, which goes to Hulu afterwards. Remember Wendy Williams started going to Hulu. Um, it's, it's like certain things start being syndicated, you know, on the platform that the, you know, platform didn't necessarily produce, but everything now that's produced by Hulu is owned by Disney. So it was this show going to be like, kind of like really racy and sexual. I don't know. I never I never read the book. I mean, I have, I have one more update about it. Um, someone else said that the showrunner is being a nightmare and not allowing the writers to write. She has thrown um, the writing room into chaos, um, has left the room, made false complaints about the writers, refuses to let them turn in drafts of scripts. It's bad. The studio is now cutting the entire budget because of the new mandates at the networks, which is kind of goes back to what you just said let me ask you is the showrunner is sarah j Ma moss, moss the writer yes. yeah because ron moore who did outlander joined because so it's very common that like you know if you've written a book uh, like the woman that wrote the twilight um series it's like when you've written a whole book you kind of want to run the tv show version but if you've never run a tv show before i'm not pr defending this person's behavior but i'm saying like you know you go from being a solitary writer for f eight years she was probably writing this alone and then all of a sudden you are working in a room with 10 really outspoken, smart, sorry, outspoken, smart people who are like, what about this? What about this? And, you know, it's like it's like playing a sport with an only child. Like they're always going to be like, man, man. You're like, how do you not know how to play team sports? Like, why are you taking this all so personally? Like we're a team, you know, so I, I see that a lot with writers that are adapting their books and then they move to the TV format and they feel very attacked and like they're not in charge. They're not in control. They're being criticized. The writers are just trying to you know, writing a novel is very different than writing a TV show, structurally, dialogue-wise. Like, and so I, I, I've seen a lot of that tension, um, where I can see. Anyway, not defending. But no, no, no. Common. I love this insight. I'm like literally listening because I don't get this insight all all the time. You know, like I just I hear pieces of information like that, and we kind of just have to draw our own conclusions. But you're giving us the full picture, which I love. And you know, like Roseanne, for example. You know, I I worked on you know the new season, the recent one before the before the biblical uh, Shakespearean fall uh nightmare the infamous tweet but you know back in the day she was the star of her show she, she it was based on her it was based on her essence it was based on her life based on her comedy and then she gets a sitcom and then a, a showrunner comes in some guy she's never met and all of a sudden he's her boss and all these writers come in and they're like you'll say this and you'll say this and she's like i wouldn't say that you know and they go roseanne's difficult it's like yeah she definitely you know has done some you know had questionable behavior but also she doesn't deserve to have a bunch of people come in and change her vision and change who she is. It's her show. And then she didn't even get credit on it. They took her, you know, so this happens a lot. Like in this scenario, I would say like the novel has to surrender to the TV showrunner because mm -hmm. it's just a different skill. If you hate something, we'll cut it out. You're kind of in the room to make sure we don't get it wrong. But like, you know, it's just such a different skill, you know? So I see so many people get screwed over like this 
you know? But I think if someone was trying to make your show giant, just go, okay, great. You guys do what you do with my book, and then I'll let you know if anything's wildly wrong. But I think sometimes, you know, self-generating people, novelists, proactive, ambitious people don't always have the skill to be in the passenger seat, even when it's their car. I love you, like, explaining it to us like this I think it makes so much more sense if I had just read that piece of information it would have made it sound like you said she was being difficult do you know what I mean and we wouldn't know why but like now I totally get it it's like a family it's like you become this family you're like this should go in I think this should go in and yeah writers rooms are very you know to someone that hasn't been in them it's like you're watching boxers spar like they're not actually punching each other but it's always made the best idea win and so if I say well I think that they should get married in this episode everyone goes no they shouldn't they should do this and it's it becomes like a like a, a court case like you have to defend yourself the jury has to be on your side and the whole writer's room has to agree like that's what makes great television you know writer's rooms they don't have to be acrimonious but you know no good show comes out of a bunch some one person saying this should happen everyone goes okay we're too scared to disagree with you so we'll just let that happen it's like it's always sort of like a, about fighting for the best story and all I hear is oh these writers must be really passionate about getting this right mm-hmm. and it's probably coming off is they're you know disrespecting you and you know like they don't have to push back at all they could go home at two o'clock and just go sure whatever you want sure whatever you want but instead they're probably staying late going we want my name's on this too now not just yours this has to be great and sustainable you know but I think also you know not to bring gender into it because I don't see gender there's no such thing anymore I swear I'm woke I'm progressive but you know I think right now women we've for so long and and disenfranchised people we've been not been able to advocate for ourselves or stand up for ourselves so sometimes there's a little bit of an overcorrection because we're so used to getting you know dismissed and not credited and not having a voice that it's hard sometimes I think to go okay I don't need to um, fight for power right now I already have it but my old software is coming up my default software of like I have to fight tooth and nail for everything I have and then you actually get everything and then you're still using those obsolete tools that are now becoming a liability. Actually, can I send you some advanced clips of the roast? Uh, I'm doing these roasts on OnlyFans TV, bringing back the Comedy Central roast where I started. I do this whole thing that's like, you know, people are like, everyone in comedy is getting canceled and me too. Like, no one's been canceled. Like, name one person that's actually gone away. Like, the only thing that changed is like, Aziz pretended to be humble for like six months. And that's kind of it. (laughs) Like, nothing, there was no. What about Chris D'Elia? What about him? You tell me. <laughs> I've never. I don't know much about this story. <laughs> okay. I haven't. You know. I think that's more for. I said what I said, and um, yeah. I think everyone else is putting pieces together. But I've. You know. I think for me, it's like I definitely don't want to set the precedent. You know. I did say what I said because as soon as I had a certain amount of information, um, I'm always going to say something. Uh, and like, that's just the person I am. Um, and however, like. I don't want to set the precedent that a woman in a male-dominated business has to be the babysitter, has to be the, you know, um, answer for the men's bad behavior. Like, you know, I think I don't want people to think, oh, if I become a female comedian, I have to, you know, make statements about the men's behavior. You know, like you should still be able to do your job because we already have to work twice as hard to get half as far. Right. You know. Well, let's well then let's move on to another comedian who's a little less controversial. Uh, in my audience anyway they are obsessed with him um bill Hader. yeah but he's uh, not a stand-up comic he's a no comedic act. no he's there's not a like s- comic slightly comic. different just in terms of like you know people don't f- get obsessed with male stand-up comedians i feel like the way they do with like comedic actors and 
his I'm thinking about this because you told me that your fans love Bill Hader like I always like to do forensics of like how did this person become such a charming heartthrob I mean him on SNL he would I he's such a brilliant actor Barry is one of the best show, comedy shows ever made in my opinion his dramatic acting is beyond which I don't know why we're still surprised by that you know it's like I just did a drama and everyone's like you did a drama like the Fox show accused but like I'm like, why are people still surprised that comedians can do drama? Like, after Jim Carrey, uh, uh, Robin Williams, like, you know, Billy Crystal, Kristen Wiig. Like, it's like, you know, I remember when, um, you know, Mickey Rourke did that movie called The Wrestler where he played this, like, really, like, messed up wrestler who's always, like, crying and is on camera crying. And some uh, journalist was like, how do you cry on camera so easily? And he goes, well, I'm always about to cry comedians that Aww. we have so much but we have so much sadness like no at, yeah i know we're pushing it down by making jokes so it's like so easy for that to come out but so he's so brilliant in that show but remember on snl he would do that stefan character and he yes. would laugh at himself yes. we love a man that doesn't take himself too seriously like he would laugh at himself he would fall apart like that was my favorite like that made me fall in love with him you and half my followers um he was dating ali wong i don't know if you he also looks like the kind of man that wouldn't cheat on you. Well, you know what I mean. Let me let me re- let me read what um, one of my sources said. So I Ali Wong was just recently seen with her ex husband. So everyone's wondering if her and well, Bill, they have kids together. They have right, kids together. Right. So and she and Ali is so, I mean, incredibly smart about her decisions. Like she, when it comes to her family and kids, she doesn't get emotional. She doesn't get like she's just like an incredible. Um, mother, an incredible businesswoman. Like she is a brilliant, brilliant at business. Well, because everyone was speculating, you know, you're right. They do have kids together, but everyone was speculating, well, what's going on with her and Bill? I asked someone, I said, are they donezo? And this person said, yes, we believe so. And it's 100% textbook for him. Now I've heard this about him before. So I said to this person, do you think he dumped her? And she went back to her ex. And this person said he ends things as soon as they start to edge too close to being a truly serious commitment. Do you want? Hold on. Hold on. I know what to do. Should I try to date him to see just as a spy? (laughs) Yes. Let's just see. I volunteer as as tribute. Okay. I'm single right now. If you ever, I mean, we'll get into the person I am dating later. If you bring up what I think you might bring up. I will totally jump on any bomb for you, any research you want done. Yeah, I feel yeah, like I could probably I, get in there. All right, well. <laughs> this is what comedians do. I get. Okay. I want to know the truth, and the only way to find it out is I guess I have to fuck them. You well, know what? I will take one for the team for you. I love that about you. Thank you, Whitney. <laughs> but I also love him for dating Allie. Like, regardless of how it ended, who knows? I mean, Allie is such a badass, like... You know, I don't know. It does, you know, Rachel Bilson's a friend of mine. Like, I know she talked about, you know, that. I, I guess I also, like, yes, that's that behavior is can read as, you know, tricky. But I also, I'm 40 now. I'm really grateful when a guy just ends it instead of waste another year of my life. Even if I don't know why or whatever, I'm just like, thank you for just, you know, ripping the Band-Aid off instead of placating me if you weren't still into me for two years and wasting my ability to have biological children. Like, and... I think sometimes the worse a guy breaks up with you, the easier it is to get over it. Because you're like, if they did it amazingly, you'd be like more heartbroken. Does that make sense? Like a friend of mine just got broke. A friend of mine just got broken up with. The guy picked her up from the airport. 
And then in the car, on the way back from a 40-minute drive from the airport, was like, I don't think we should do this anymore. And she's like, I'm trapped in a car with you. I mean, I smell like jet blue. And you're now, like, it's almost like the way he did it was almost worse than the actual breakup. And I think that when guys do that, it's, yes, like, it's not cool, but sometimes it's easier to heal from it because it makes it so incontrovertible that he's not your person. Well, this source says that his ex-wife is the only person who he ever sees as being a forever relationship, but he still wants to fuck around. So he gets in these situationships until the moment the other person starts to want a real visible commitment and then he bails. Whole process played out more quickly with Allie because she had a kid, so wasn't content to fuck around casually. Uh, fuck around casually for too long before she wanted to know what was up and that's when he ends things. I'm also so fascinated when a- great actors do like questionable things. I'm like, why don't you just act like you're into commitment? Why don't you just act like you're good at breaking up with people? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like when I go to parties and actors, there's like, I'm so nervous. I'm so socially anxious. I'm like, why don't you act like you're not? Aren't you an actor? Like, okay. So you, <laughs> like, I mean, bring out the chops. I mean, but would that be like true to who he really is if he's like acting in a relationship? Does any actor know who they really are? How could you possibly? I guess that's a good point. I don't know. How could you possibly? You know, an actor's like, I lost myself in the role and I didn't even know when I was. I'm like, that's how shaky your understanding of your identity is, is that you played a character for a week and you got lost in the character and thought it was you. Like, I think most people are really struggling with who they are. And I think a lot of people, like, you know, this is hard to, you know, uh, explain. But I think a lot of us, like, either you just came out of a bad relationship or left a job you didn't like. A lot of us, I think, can reset and go, well, I'm this person now. I think we can change fast if, you know, we are willing to, the bad version is, like, fake it till we make it. You know, like, I don't think we're all resigned to being the same person because of our ancestral trauma and who are I am so sick in LA if this maybe just an LA thing you tell me like guys will use therapy as a way to defend their abhorrent behavior in I'm not saying that that Bill Hader's behavior is abhorrent I don't know what happened but like the number of grown men who will be like okay okay I went to a couple therapy sessions and I figured out why I cheated on you uh, with that stripper and I'm like okay cool my dad never threw the baseball at me when we were kids and I'm like so that's why so when you it, she wasn't pretty you didn't you didn't your dick wasn't hard like you weren't a junk you weren't attracted to her you weren't mad it was just literally you had sex with a stripper at 45 years old and you were like oh that, that baseball and then you had to do, pay give her, you went to the ATM machine like it you did that stop blaming your parents like you don't use therapy as a way to blame Anything above 35, let's say, is your fault. <laughs> your fault. Love- Everything is your fault. That doesn't happen here with dating. I feel like that's an L.A. thing. I feel like yeah. in New York. Guys no. love to be like, I'm broken and I can't accept love and intimacy. And I'm like, OK, cool. You've done nine romantic comedies about a character who can't accept love and intimacy. And by the end, they could. So why not be the person you pretend to be in movies? That's the person we like. That's why we pay you so much money. I, I get I get what you're saying now. It sounds like you have a very different dating like history and experience than most have of the life, population. Have life, have life imitate art, you dork. Um, that's my favorite is when actors are like heartthrobs in movies and they're scumbags off screen. You're like, why? 
not just do the thing you were doing on screen all the time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that for me, I don't date actors. I, do, I as a general rule, I, I try not to date men that wear more makeup than me. Um, and I don't date act because it's also it's like it's an actor. I mean, it's like you know, uh, why would you want to be with someone that's great at lying? <laughs> They're yeah. like. It's like I, I just go like, that's a huge red flag. You can beguile and pull off, like lie to millions of people so well that we give you trophies and money. Like, no thanks. I don't want to. I don't want to be with someone that I'm not going to be able to tell when they're lying or not. Um, I don't do magicians. Uh, I don't do like comedians uh, or models or any of that kind of stuff. So I'm right now dating a computer programmer. Uh, and I was dating a vet. Like I, in L- L.A., I really try not to to date famous people or celebrities. I think it's it it's it does it does a number on your brain. Ferris, what do you think one of the biggest health challenges? Oh, for are? sure, weight management. Exactly, yo-yo dieting, losing weight, putting it back on. Trying the latest fad, it not working. Exactly. Feeling like a failure. Feeling like a failure is the worst feeling when it comes to weight loss. And then getting discouraged. What if I told you I knew of something that could help with this? I would 100% want to know. The Roe Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes. So you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. That's amazing. And I love how it's over a year. That's so important for sustainability. Exactly. The slow weight loss. The slow burn. (laughs) Over 200,000 people have already chosen Roe to help them lose weight. Roe body program members have support throughout the process. Roe's partner handles all of the insurance paperwork to help get medication covered. If eligible for medication, patients have access to their provider on demand for any questions. You can sign up online from the comfort of your own home. This means no scheduling a doctor's appointment, no commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting room. That sounds amazing, especially for parents not having to... Yeah. Leave home. Or people that work. Yeah. Having to get that appointment. How convenient. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year, like I said, with healthy lifestyle changes. It's important to note that you do have to pair both. Um, BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to row.co slash do. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash D-E-U-X. Here on Do You, we do not like misleading info. That's why I do my best to be transparent with the most up-to-date intel on all of your favorite celebs. You can trust that I will never intentionally dupe you. Sadly, in life, we do have to deal with a lot of sneaky terms, annoying bill hikes, and exorbitant fees that we did not anticipate. We call that yada yada. Here on Do You, we do not like yada yada. Now, you could spend all of your time combing through contracts, or you could just skip the hassle and go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile, helping you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. 
Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada. Never settle for less. I know I never do. And now that I don't have to worry about sneaky yada yada, I have time to dedicate my time to making the best content for you guys. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Yeah, I have a little history of um, your dating life. I think you actually made me gay. You know that you were like, well, okay, I get so all this these is- e- <laughs> I do. I get so many messages. I think, no joke. I was, remember, I was at Carbon in New York. This was a while ago. This was before I knew that it was like, that's where you go to get on Dumois. Now I feel like the, the um, uh, manager, Max, shout out, Max, love you. I, which by the way, <laughs> random story I was like interviewing Anna Delvey for my podcast I came to New York she was on house arrest and I came obsessed with her by the way like listen to the episode like I mean you should have her on she's I've had her I've had her oh, she's nice. fucking amazing it. she was on my she was on my Spotify live show she called me from jail oh my god was you got her when she was epic. in jail yeah. okay I'm gonna go listen to that because I didn't I, I hadn't seen it um and I'm gonna go listen to it but yeah I flew to New York I did Katie Kerr I'm like starting to do podcasts like come to New York and do people there so it's not just like LA like you know idiots but um so I did uh uh Anna Delvey and I was with and Marla Stern's a friend of mine uh uh journalist used to be at the Daily Beast and I was like just trying to put a dinner together um at Carbon and I was like okay here are the people coming and I was like oh and then Anna Delvey and Max was like yeah she can't come here like she like, no, you can't bring her here, you maniac. Can you imagine if I brought Anna Delvey to Carbon? That'd be amazing. First of all, I love Marlo Stern. Oh, obsessed. I love him. He's um, one of the few journalists that is not, um, doesn't have an agenda uh, and doesn't hate women. No, I love him. He's so nice. He's one of the first people who've ever interviewed me. He was so nice. We've kept in touch for the past three years. He's also hard on you, though. He doesn't insult the audience. He's hard, not on you necessarily. We actually, he interviewed me, and uh, my everyone was like, do not get interviewed by Marlo Stern. Do not, you know. And uh, I was like, no, if you guys are scared of him, this is the exact guy I want to get in the ring with, you know, because me getting interviewed by journalists, I'm just getting in the ring with someone who is trying to, like, destroy me or wants to bring up old shit, you know. And it was like, he was like, so why did you work on Roseanne after all? And so it was like stuff that is like most people would say, please don't bring up. I'm like, let's go. I'll absolutely talk about it if it's someone who's fair like Marlo, you know, but not someone who's unfair and is just like has their mind made up before they've even interviewed you. No, totally. Love him. You actually said in your podcast, someone wrote me that people think you and Emily people think me and emily you know what's really crazy so yeah emily noonan my she was i've been with her 10 years she's been in my life she was uh lauren michael's assistant and then she moved to la and it was my assistant but i don't really use assistants like i don't like telling people i like doing stuff myself like i think having an assistant these days that it's so crazy you can order online stuff you can order postmate like why would you have someone like just do your air. I like to do it. Like, I go, if I stop going to the grocery store, I stop being a funny comic. If I stop flying commercial, I'm going to become a shitty comic. Like, if I stop, start, you know, not booking my own flights, like, you have to be able to. So, I think when comics or like artists get assistance, it's a buffer between them and reality, and it makes them less real in their work. Obviously, it makes so much sense. You know, it's like, um, and uh, it's like you see it with comics when they get rich. It's like their jokes, they, they get huge because they were relatable to everyone, and then they, you know, 10 years later, they get rich and their jokes are like, what's the deal with flying private, you guys? And you're like, what the fuck are you saying? Like, you know, so for me, uh, you know, we're just such good friends. She's the, one of the funniest people I've ever met. 
And she knows me so well. Went with, I mean, when I lost my dad, lost my, you know, she just, we've been through so much together. And, you know, I think that like, it's, it's, I think a lot of girls, and I'm going to say this with love in my heart because it comes from us being so loyal and seeing the potential in people and focusing on the good and not the bad. I see a lot of girls that are friends with girls they don't like. And it's not a bad thing. It's like, oh, I've known them since high school. I've known them since this. And there's a lot of like, bickery I don't fight with girlfriends like I don't when they leave go oh my god she's such a fucking mess like I don't do that shit you know I just I'm like if I feel that about someone I just go like you know let me let's set each other free and circle back when right you're more sure about it when you're more healed or when I'm more patient because it might be my fault too you know I'm not willing to talk about an ex for more than an hour like it's just like uh uh-uh now you're just reinventing your trauma and then people like you're mean you're dismissive or that's probably what they think and I'm like no no no. I mean the nicest thing to do is say I'm not going to listen to you talk about this guy anymore you know and um move on right and so I can be like a little rough that way and like Emily like when I find friends that you know don't get scared of me or don't get their feelings hurt like it's just the best feeling in the world um but that Dumois thing back to you I was hosting Wendy Williams that week. It was like when Wendy Williams was out and I was guest hosting. And I went to Carvon with Tori Spelling because uh, she was going to be a guest. Emily Noonan. Uh, I can't remember who else. And Emily and I, we were outside and it was raining. So we were sharing an umbrella. I mean, I get why people thought we were on a romantic date. We were sharing an umbrella and like bickering over like because she has this like. I don't know if you're friends with natural blondes, but natural blondes, it's a whole thing. When they go out in the rain, everyone's got to just stop. Uh, I'm like, I'm only half Jewish. I can only control half the weather, Emily. I'm sorry. Like, and her hair, she has this beautiful blonde hair. And, um, and blonde, like natural blondes. I mean, you are you friends with natural blondes? It's like when they show up, they always... Um, I don't think I am. I'm like really okay. trying to think about it. I don't think Born I'm... blondes. A bottle blonde, more power to you. That's just a good business move. It's just smart. I've been blonde. I was blonde for the Machine Gun Kelly movie. I was uh, uh, blonde for some other thing that you might... Um, whatever know about it's a baristas draw hearts on your cup pilots invite you into the cockpit it's a whole different fucking world but they also like every time they walk into your house they they all every time you see them they truly believe that they just escaped a kidnapping like that they think everyone wants to kidnap them all the time so you have to like deal with that (laughs) which is like I guess that was true when your parents care more you know what I'm saying they're used to having six people put sunscreen on them at the beach because they're just not you know what I mean we're just fighting Darwinism why can't we just let them burn or put a hat on I don't know so the the, so I was being I'm very protective of her you know because when you are a natural blonde it's just it's wild like they'll come into your house and they'll ask for things that no one's had in their house for for 500 years they'll be like do you have any butterscotch i'm like how many people tried to molest you that you think everyone just has butterscotch all the time (laughs) you know uh, fine just some big league chew like huh so anyway so then you were like hey so you're like i'm getting all these things about you and emily like romantically being and i'm like no i'm not dating her that's crazy and then cut to right now i am I am dating a cute blonde girl, <laughs> but that's now. <laughs> oh, wait, this um, is so funny because um, I also got a sighting October of 21. So this must have been Emily. I got um, Whitney C- uh, Cummings walking around the village late last night. They, I, I think they made this up. You tell me if this is true. No, I do walk around with my friends and put my arms around them. I'm very touchy-feely with my friends, but... 
when I'm dating a woman, I'm not touchy feely with them at all. Well, this was <laughs> this, this was October 21. Um, okay. Holding hands and kissing a woman. I'm not sure if she's also famous. Comes to Whitney's shoulders. Perhaps she's five five, shoulder length, blonde hair, very cute girl in her 20s or 30s. Oh, that's not Emily. I wasn't kissing anyone though. That's okay. Fair. I bet you, a lot of people look at someone that has just had a lot of plastic surgery and they think it's me. So there's also that. It's right. weird. It's like I've had like I've had like Botox in my uh, around my eyes and. Um, that's kind of it. Like I do Althera. Like my when I lose weight, my face looks crazy. I think sometimes. So I think I do. If you go under my wire image, there's tons of photos that like paparazzi thinks is me, but it's just someone that has like a crazy face. And I'm like, okay, it's just someone with a crazy face who's brunette. So I do think the New York uh, paparazzi are just I don't know what they're uh, maybe fentanyl got into the cocaine there also but I do think a lot of, I do get conflated with like brunettes with the sh like shiny face because I put oil on so it's like got it I I, 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 I would tell you if I well I'd be so much cooler as, as soon as I heard that story I was like I have to tell her this isn't true I feel so lame I wish it was no like, it, well like, that be... wasn't a paparazzi who who saw you in, oh yeah in I mean the person that, that submitted it yeah but don't you say how do you like didn't you say that me and Sebastian Stan have the most fake submissions? I mean, there was, like I said, there was a moment where people were just like, and, and some of them, I, I'm looking at them now. Someone was angry with you because some of them are not really nice. And I'm I not have some family. I have family members like that. I wouldn't. Yeah. Family member. This is like talking about, I mean, I'm not going to read it about your dad's estate. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of that. Yeah. I mean, I would yeah, never yeah. post that. I don't even need to ask you, like, is that true yeah. or not true? I would never yeah, post yeah, something Yeah, yeah, no, that like was that. a family. Yeah, that was just yeah. a family matter. It was like after my dad died, I was, uh, you know, I had power of attorney. And I think I know who it is. Um, uh, definitely not my sister. But, you know, look, my dad had a lot of... A lot of wives that thought they were the only one and then they showed up at the hospital and there was another girlfriend there and another wife. You know, it's just, you know, when when someone dies and there's, you know, my dad, bless his heart, I love him so much. He, you know, I think convinced a couple of people that a lot of his art was realer than it was and you know and things kind of just get wonky. It's like, you know, it's interesting because everyone when they, you know, lose a family member, the you know, family tends to, you know, gr grief brings out the worst in everyone. And, you know, in my family, it tends to manifest as anger. We don't tend to cry and like process it and let grief just, you know, run its course. We sort of tend to fight each other. Like, this is your fault. You should have done this. You know, it's like, it's just, you know, how we've, it's the pattern that I'm really trying to break of the cycle of um, how we uh, cope. Um, we use like, like comedy like we use jokes like really inappropriate jokes uh and anger you know and yeah. that's something that that is you know just an ancestral cycle and um you know my dad you know had a lot of uh women in his life that I can see retaliating but most people probably don't have the option to go to Dumas but if you have someone in your family who's um you know forward-facing you know it's a good uh uh battle tactic I guess yeah I mean I would never post I would never post anything like that but I just so you know though a lot of family I'm sure you know like a lot I bet you've gotten a lot it's like well, you know now I'm thinking I do now you're saying it was probably a family member I'm like what other celebrity who else family would know members that? who would else would know about and that was like right you know right after he died there was like a you know someone wanted his watch and I'm like no the watch goes to the oldest daughter my sister you know like my sister you know so uh, you know and I 
I think because I'm forward facing and because, you know, I get a lot of threats of then I'm going to write a book and a tell all book about you. I'm like, go for it. See if I'm famous enough for anyone to pay for that fucking shit. Like, uh, by the way, I would I'll pay for I would love to see that book. Like, I'll (laughs) take it to Penguin right now. You know, so in my life, there's a lot of threats of like, I'm going to call TMZ. I'm like, go for it. I have Harvey Levin on the speed dial. Like, let's see. You know, so I think that. uh, Yeah, but it's it's I knew that I had made it when I saw myself on Dumois and I think, you know, on some level it's, you know, you've made it when people start using you, your site as a way to, um, as a weapon in a dispute. That's how big you've gotten. Right. But I hope people that know me and my followers know that it's like it falls on deaf ears because I would never post anything like that. You have incredible instincts, though. Like, I mean, but what if it was like... You know, it was, by the way, what the person wrote, I'm sure is true to them. You know, that's right. the other thing. It's like, there's the truth and then there's what's true to someone. Like, you know when someone's lying to you and you're like, but I think you think what you're saying is true. So, like, you're lying to yourself first. I'm just the casualty, like the collateral damage. Like, do you, I sometimes am like, I can't be mad at this person for lying because I think they think it's true. No, 100%. And I could tell, well, I could tell specifically this email um it was written with a lot of anger so it doesn't oh, come from nice do you know what i mean so i would never even if it was true that there was like an issue with your dad's estate and you were having you know fights with your family about it it just was written in a way where you could tell it's very one-sided Ooh, so you will go i think it's a good exercise to when you hear some but like for me when someone gossips about someone or you know what i'm in comedy and you know i've kind of accidentally became like some kind of I don't know, clarity giver or like, you know, person that silence breaker or something. I don't know. I didn't plan for that. But when people come to me and they're like, this person said this and this and this and this and this and this. And I'm like, what do you stand to gain? Like in my mind, I just go, what does this person stand to gain? And then that's when I'm going to figure out if there's a motive. And if there's a motive, it's just like, I can't, you know, it's like separating feelings and facts is like the biggest skill and you're able to do that without seeing someone's face delivering it I don't know I mean I have trouble reading social cues a bit but like I don't know if I'd be able to do it just from well I'm a writer yes I would yeah you would be able to I read so many of these messages so many so I just like after time I just get it you know um yeah it's a fascinating skill like I want to kind of like show you like a text from a guy I'm dating and be like is this true <laughs> like it's amazing that you have this that. is it from being from New York too you're from New York right you have a bullshit meter you know I mean yeah I've lived in New York a, a long long time Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. 
IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Wait, let me ask you a question um, because I do get this question all the time too. Speaking of your sister, are you guys... My sister and I have... Re- we were... Um, a str- ugh, it's kind of... I don't... You know, I, it's fine. My parents are dead now. So it's like, I think for the longest time, you know... When your parents are alive, you you know the mistakes they made. You got you got to go like they didn't know they were mistakes. No one wants to hurt their children. Like you know, it's like we take our parents' behavior so personally. When reality, it's like they didn't know that you know the, one little thing they did imprinted us for life. Like we're just learning about epigenetic imprinting. We're just learning about how you know the eye contact you get in the first three years of your life decides how much you're able to trust people in your reality later in life. You know, we're le- we're just learning all this. They just didn't know. You know, my parents partied. Like, you know, and I don't think they understood. And then they had a very acrimonious divorce. You know, fueled by a lot of liquor and a lot of addiction. Bless their hearts. Like, you know, the adversity that I gained from that. I'm already in a place where it's like we forgive others not because they. Do deserve forgiveness but because we deserve peace I also say that to myself if I see a, a Dumois post that is hurtful just kidding love you all um and uh no I just get the only thing is I get annoyed that I'm not on it more like I'll go on it looking for my name it's psycho it's psycho well, somebody saw you out partying last weekend, but the thing was you already had it, I think, on your Instagram um, where you were. And I post the sightings oh. because I like to get I like to get suggestions of clubs. So you had already said where you were. So I, I got a lot of sightings from whenever that was. It was either last weekend or the weekend before you were at a club, right? Oh, I was at Crazy Girls. It's a strip club in L.A. Yeah, and then I think you were someplace else because someone sent me a forward. Someone was like, "Whitney Cummings at blah blah blah," and I'm like, "Well, are you seeing it on her Instagram or did you see her there in person?" Because if I I'm- love you like this, I love that you because you know what you do, you've made this game that is like think of our favorite games growing up. Where's Waldo was one of my favorites, and there's yeah. kind of just like a where's Waldo element to it like just this curious this very innocent curiosity like our fascination where we're needing remember Foursquare the app Foursquare now people yes. put like lo- where their location is like you've tapped into this very primordial like instinct to be interested like I don't want to go to where the person is I don't want to show up at their house I kind of just like oh that's so cool that I know that person was there I don't know why that's so satisfying it's just kind of like you know, I think you also do this thing that shows that like celebrities are human beings too. Don't put them on a pedestal and also, you know, don't put them below you or beneath you. They're equal to you. You know, I think there's something really healing about going, oh yeah, he was a Burger King. Oh, he was a Dunkin' Donuts. Like I don't have to act like these people are better than me. You just nailed it. Like that's the point of Sunday Spotted is because people could see where you were partying and they could go there too, not to see you, but just to party like you. So it's attainable. It makes celebrities more attainable. Any celebrities that kind of like are mad at you in any capacity, it's like, dude, you're the one that is missing out on the gift of 
you know, like it helps celebrities so much for someone that thinks celebrities are out of touch assholes to be like, oh, I saw J-Lo at Dunkin' Donuts. I mean, she was doing a campaign, obviously getting paid millions of dollars to be there. But like when you hear like Naomi Watts, like getting fries on the boardwalk, you're just like, I love her. Like I want to go, like it makes me love the celebrities more. It was really, it's stars are just like us. That always felt very patronizing to me. And that always felt very like, I don't know. That just had a kind of a gross undertone, but you're kind of getting the best version of that without like being like, don't worry, stars are trash people just like you. It's like, wait, what? No, I just kind of want to know that they eat at restaurants by themselves. Like whenever you say like so-and-so is, or someone submits so-and-so is by themselves, you're like, I love that. There's no need to have 12 people around you. No one's trying to kill you, you narcissist. <laughs> well, I think that they get mad. Um, the ones that get mad, they get mad about the prying about their dating life. Like, I know Florence Pugh has made, like, an offhanded comment. But, but about when her you're dating famous, life. this is what I love Florence Pugh. So I don't want to. I'm just saying, like, this is what I have to grapple with when I'm like, you know, I overshare for a living. Being a comedian is different than being an actress. Like, I think that when people signed up to be actors, like, the idea was I get to become all these other characters and then no one knows who I really am. And I think that the great actors like her, I think knows the more someone knows about my private life, the less they're going to buy the character I've created on screen. So remember when like, you know, Jennifer Lopez and uh, Ben Affleck was thought of these incredible actors, right? Great, great, brilliant actors. And then they dated and we saw them for free all the time publicly. We got to know their personalities. And then they put out Geely and everyone's like, they suck at acting. It's like, no, their <laughs> yes. acting was great. You just now see that it's acting because you know too much about who they are. Like the great right. actors. I mean, it's like Leonardo DiCaprio is fucking smart. You never see him talk. Uh, Adam Sandler, like he doesn't do um, print interviews because he knows shit's not going to read the same way. Like Daniel Day-Lewis doesn't do press. Like the best actors do not do press. And that it's not because they're like, I'm above this. They're like, I want to give you as little of my real personality as possible so that when you're watching the character, you're not like. That makes sense. That makes you know a lot I mean? of sense. Yeah. And the, th the thing with Florence Pugh is that like she blasted her relationship all over her public Instagram. So people with, became uh, invested. What's his name? With the, Zach Braff. Uh, Zach Braff. Yeah. And people became invested. So you can't get mad, you know, that people want to know. Or guess what? Act like you're not mad because you're a great actress. But um, I, uh, I here's what, how I will defend her. And not, I don't know enough about the situation. But I think for me, an older, like I got really lucky that I kind of, I don't think of myself as like famous, but like I got famous incrementally, like, like slowly over that doesn't really happen anymore you know it was like you know I would go to the airport and like one person would recognize me and then like two months later like four people you know it was like and then social media wasn't what it was and it was kind of like I got to slowly adjust to fame whereas I think a lot of people just like make the mistake like I think she would go I wish I hadn't done that I was so young I didn't know better right. and I was just in love and I think I love Zach Braff but like you know, I think it's like takes two. He could have been like, you know what? Let's like make this more private. And he, she could have gone, oh, okay, good call. Like, I think it's also kind of, you know, I love actors. I am one. But I think sometimes we operate from our hearts and not from our business brain. And I think she was probably just operating from her heart. She was like in love and she wanted to let everyone know I'm with this person. And then it's kind of like, you know, the ta I always say like, you know, I don't get paid to do stand-up comedy. I get paid to travel, right? So it's like, I'll do stand-up comedy for free, but I'm you, the the big bucks you're paying me for is to fly to Cincinnati and make two connections from Tuscaloosa to Toledo and the nightmare, and then I'm staying in a, a the fucking Kimpton 
you know, weird ass, whatever. And that's what you're paying me for, to be away from my dogs, to be away from the people I love, to be away from my sister. Like, that's what you're paying me for, not the hour I'm on stage. So I always say with actors, like, if you love acting, you're not getting paid, like, I think, like Florence, like you're not getting paid that. I mean, I'm sure she's one of the highest, higher paid actresses these days. I think it was, who was it before? Uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Like, you're not getting paid to act for three weeks with the most incredible people in the world. That you would do. I mean, acting, it's like camp. You're getting paid for people holding you to a standard that you set when you were 20 and didn't know better. And then you get paid. It's like, I call it like a fame tax, you know? It's like, Ugh, now, so I did, I wrote a book and I talked about having eating disorders. I talked about love addiction. I talked about my codependence. I talked about how I hurt Carmen Electra's feelings and Pam Anderson's feelings and roasts and I regret it. And like, you know, now that was, you know, I've, I've, you know, don't struggle with eating disorder. I think you always have disordered eating. You don't just like get cured overnight. Um, but I uh, now I have people coming coming up to me like sobbing like you helped me get over my eating disorder and you made me not want to kill myself and I'm like why are you talking to me I'm over this but they just found out about it right you know right I mean? well yes I I know exactly what you mean like I feel like another good example of that is like Pedro Pedro Pascal's like r- resurgence like he's been an actor forever you don't get to not want to be famous you you don't get to say I want my I want I want what is it I'm gonna make a horrible dad joke like uh I want to have my fame and eat it too I don't know like you can't have both you can't be one of the famous most respected actors in the world and not have people recognize you and it's like because I also look at fans or or not have people take a microscope to you we did that I did that when I was in a kid I was like reading teen what the fuck was it called with the the kid teeny bop I don't know it feels like a pedophile porn site tiger beat tiger beat yes tiger beat you know so it was like I I wondered I would write letters to Edward Furlong it was psycho I wanted to know who he was dating and what he was doing and then by the way I went on Paris Hilton's podcast and I was she was like who's your childhood crush I was like this is gonna sound crazy but Edward Furlong I lived and died for him and she was like he's my ex-boyfriend I was like oh god this is so surreal but like it's the same with when people are like oh my god I'm getting these negative comments like people are saying they don't like what I do I'm like in uh, I don't mean to go in in my day person but I think just to have a little bit of context we used to egg people's houses we used to take shovels and drive by and knock over people's mailboxes that we didn't know like I'll take a I don't like your comedy on a comment any day over someone like just throwing eggs at my house you know so it's like it's better it's been worse I think it's just we have to decide to focus on the positive and uh and you know I think Florence also comes from like a posh family of actors or like she went to like a fine acting school and I think she wants to be able to just be seen as an actress and I think that we've all made mistakes in our early 20s that have haunted us later you know and like it's we I I could I compare it to the audience and their fans uh is like uh, um adults uh and their families, right? So we all have some family story, right? You know, you drove drunk and you drove into a wall when you were 16 and now you're 30 and you go home to see your parents. They're like, you're not gonna drive into that wall again, right? And you're like, that was 30, or sorry, that was 15 years ago. Why are you still still seeing me this way? You know, so I think there is a frustration everyone has to like grow up and not let their past behavior haunt them. But then you also have to accept that like, when you're famous, like that's part of the entertainment we're giving people is our personal life. So I've just like surrendered to it. I do podcasts. And so now I'm just like, you guys want to know about my relationships? Like that, if you had told me 20 years ago, anyone would give a shit about my personal life, I would tell you you were crazy. So it's like, 
It just means you've made it. It's just like the tax. It's like be grateful because those people are going to come see your movies. They're going to keep supporting you. And I think if like if actors have this like adversarial relationship with their fans, they're going to stop supporting you. You know, there's just like, you know, that used to be there was a certain amount of cleavage you had to show. Those days are over. Now there's a certain amount of your personal life you have to show, you know, if you want fans that really are invested in you. So I just like I don't judge it. I just surrender to it and go. People are interested in my life like. That I'm so grateful that anyone gives a, even knows my name, you know? Yeah, I mean, can I ask you another question I get asked all the time that Anything. I don't have an answer? Um, somebody wanted to know, do I have any insight as to why Benton Ray left your podcast? Oh, yeah, no, Benton Ray didn't leave. We, we um, Benton Ray, I, I like, you know, I, my whole thing, Benton Ray's brilliant, brilliant comedian who I should be so lucky, you know, I met him at a meet and greet at Nashville Zanies. He's a comedian in Nashville working at the Mac store and he came up and he was like, hey, like, I'm, a, you know, I've read your books. I've, you know, and he said something to me that was really magical. And, you know, as a comic, when you find out that you've impacted in any anyone in any capacity, because I go to bed at night and I'm like, I mean, I just like a fucking narcissist that yells dick jokes <laughs> at people. Like, am I just this monster? But like, you know, I didn't realize that just being a woman doing what I do and having people hate me for just existing is inspiring to people watching. Because it's like, oh, wait a second. Like, I can be, some people cannot get me or some people can just hate me because of the color of my skin or my gender or my, you know, fluidity of my gender or about the fact that I believe that I was born in the wrong body. And you can keep going, you know? So to me, it's like after I got so much hate, you know, if you want to know the Lana Del Rey story, I'll, I'll tell you. It was like, remember when Lana Del Rey, you're probably too young, was, uh, went on SNL after video games was a huge hit and just got destroyed publicly. I, like me and Lana Del Rey were like kind of the first women to get like destroyed. You know, Esther Pavitsky, brilliant, you know, comedian friend of mine. She's like, you were like the first woman to get canceled. And I'm like, oh my God, that's like true. But I think I was in such a disassociative state because both my parents had strokes at the same time. So I was in hospitals and ICUs when my NBC sitcom was like coming out and all those, like I didn't look at the reviews. I didn't look at Twitter. And like, it was just so weird that people would come up to me and be like, how you doing? Look, they are just jealous. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? Like, I didn't even know it was happening, but people like talked to me like I like had terminal cancer. And I was like, "Uh uh-oh, should I Google myself? I shouldn't have, but you know, I, uh, I, oh, so he said to me, he was like, you know, I, I, I do have a speech impediment. It makes people sometimes think I'm on drugs or drunk, but there's a reason that for the longest time, you know, I didn't do a podcast because it comes out and, you know, I, for my whole life, I've been diagnosed with everything, autism, Asperger's, like every kind of thing, because you know, they couldn't get my speech impact. I didn't talk a lot as a kid. Uh, I only really could uh, communicate with animals with like body language. So I talk for a living now, but when you see one of my specials, like I've practiced it for two years, you know? So it's like, it's very scripted and I've worked on it. So then, you know, he, but anyway, and I, I roll my S's like in my first couple specials, you'll see that it was like, um, and then these girls, like I kind of, it was just, you know, yeah. I, you know, and then he said, like, I have a speech impediment and you made because I do that with my S's, too. I have a lisp and you made me think I could still get famous as a comedian and successful while having a, a speech impediment. Because what we, you know, and I was like, oh, and we started talking and he was like, I was like, oh, like, you know, are, do you want to be a comic? He's like, I am a comic. And I was like, no shit. Why don't you open for me tomorrow? Luke Bryan was coming to the show uh, at Zany's. And uh, I was like, OK, I'm kind of just like giving this local comic a shot. I hope this goes well. Benton destroyed 
so hard. He had the funniest, because he was, you know, I think the best comedians have worked in retail or have worked, you know, as waitresses, waiters, and they have these incredible stories. Like he was talking about how, you know, people, you know, he worked at Sephora, he's a makeup artist at Sephora and Mac, and people like will come in if you're an employee, because this has happened to me when I used to work at malls. I worked at, my mom ran uh, Bloomingdale's PR and even Marcus PR, so I grew up just being, you know, I was an informal model as well, so I put myself through college, which means you're like the annoying perfume girl who's like walking around in a wedding dress being like, you know, uh, level three wedding dresses to people that probably just went through a divorce or, their boyfriend won't marry them. And I'm like, hey, wedding dress, wedding dress. I mean, I was like, <laughs> like gross. People are like, get the fuck out of here. Like, I'm here shopping to make my pain go away from my last divorce, whatever. And so he had this brilliant, like, I can hear one joke from a comic and know how great they are and how they're going to be. Because, like, you thought of that. If your brain was capable of that observation. And I had never heard it before. 20 years doing stand-up, I never heard someone do this joke. And he goes, um, he goes, yeah, people, people in a... Uh, come into you know Sephora and they'll hold up a product and they'll go is this the price is this the price like on the price tag like it it's such a thing that you never realize everybody does but like but it's but once you hear it you're like oh my god I do that like is this the price because you're trying to like this isn't a flea market where you get to negotiate down this isn't like this isn't like Canal Street and he's like no we actually hit it let me go get it for you like no that sticker that I spent all this time putting on the bottom of every single thing that's not the price sorry like and he just had these incredible observations he's talking about how w people when you work at a cosmetic store they will buy expensive stuff and then return like like women would buy La Mer and then come back and return it and then the first thing the manager would do is open it and be like, ma'am, this is mayonnaise. Oh, my God. They would scoop out the cream and then fill it with something else, you know. But a smart person would fill it with, like, you know, eucerin or something yeah. that has the same consistency as La Mer. Like, you can't just, you know. And so and she said that the way that people would steal lipsticks is they would put them in their mouth. So they would they would um, uh, turn the lipstick all the way up, bite it off, put it in their mouth, turn it up, oh bite it, God. and then walk out of the store. And then, you know, so it's like, she just had these incredible stories. And I'm like, there is no one out there who looks like you, talks like you, has your journey. There is a complete absence of, you know, Robin Tran is a brilliant performer who, you know, has been competent. Because I think a lot of people that are sort of, haven't been able to do whatever transition version they want, like they don't want to get too famous as a comic because then, well, I'm going to transition and be someone else. So I just felt like, you know, I was like, oh, my God, if I have the opportunity to help this person, not help, help is that's patronizing, but participate with this person, like, you know, figuring this all out quickly so that they can get famous in the body they want to be known for and not get famous and then have to and go through the trauma of people going, wait a second, I liked you better when you were that. And they're like, well, I like me better now, et cetera. So I basically took him on the road with me for, um, uh, was identifying as him at the time, uh, for almost two years, came like obsessed with, obsessed. And I was like, I just want you to come out to LA. Will you just like be my assistant? But like, you know, just, I'm looking for an excuse and I'll just be able to get you out here and health insurance and settled. And then, you know, the podcast, like magic. And then I never, my goal is never to go like, you're always going to stay under me. Right. You know, there's a point where I go, you should have your own thing. You can be, we can work together forever. But, you know, I, Chelsea Handler is like, you know, someone I love so much, like, but I came up on Chelsea lately and, you know, I was known as like Chelsea's friend, you know, and there's a certain point where you want to like earn, like being your own person instead of in the shadow. And so, you know, I never felt like I was in her shadow. I learned so much from her and I'm so grateful. Like I would have done it again for 
you know, 20 more years, I'd still do it if she had the show, you know, but I think that like, you know, it's a matter of like, I don't want you to get too famous as my sidekick, quote unquote, you know, like, cause it's, I know what that feels like for somebody to go like, oh my God, I know you from, Ch you're Chelsea's friend. Right, I, right, know? right. You know, so it's like we're both, it's just the idea of like, you know, uh, he started his own podcast with Emily, by the way, and they do it on Patreon. They do, you know, so they'll be on the show to promote that sort of soon. But I never want to be the person who goes like, you're this incredible talent. Let me keep you all to myself. You know, it's hard because I, you know, he's just, I'm sorry, I'm not sure, uh, uh, you know, Benton is lightning in a bottle, you know, but you go like, you got to push people out of the nest sometimes so that they can make their own mark. Like you're ready to be the, your own star of your own thing. You're ready. You I know? love that. So you basically just mentored him. And then I don't think I don't like the word mentor. Okay. I think it's like I just sorry. Comedy is sorry. I'm so sorry. I don't mean to, no, to be okay. a word stickler because to me it's like I don't think Benton needed any mentoring because it's also this younger generation of comics, like there's only so much I can help you with. Cause I don't know how to get, you know, Trevor Wallace is a good friend of mine. I'm like, yeah, dude, like, thank God you started doing videos on uh, Instagram and uh, TikTok and stuff. Cause it's like, you know, for me, I just had to like go on the tonight show a bunch of times. And I did, like, what worked for me to get successful, that path no longer exists. So, but I don't know the path now empirically I mean I can guess from based on what I've seen so I think it's like I had to figure out how to get successful like on my own because if I had taken advice from someone that was 15 years ahead of me I would have done it their way and that way didn't exist anymore so it's like we're all kind of like in this wilderness of like you know maybe the best way to get famous is to be on the Dumois podcast maybe it's to do this it's maybe it's to go on Rogan maybe it's to go on Smartless maybe it's to go on Huberman's podcast who knows but like I that's not how I got successful. So please don't take too much of my advice. Me mentoring you would be a, a controlling me being a liar, pretending I know everything because I don't. Okay. So basically no hard, no hard feelings. You're no like, hard you feelings talk between like you do. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. Oh, my God, no. That's what I just wanted to make clear because I think people, of course, you know, their mind jumps to the worst case scenario. Of course. And I think yeah. that, you know, I have, I think, made a mistake not sort of talking about it and not, you know, because Benton and I you know, lived together during the pandemic. We're so inseparable. And I'm sure it was jarring. But I think for me, if I don't know, I'm not, if I'm not sure I know how to do something, I will not do it until I'm 100% sure Okay. Tell everyone about your um, OnlyFans show. Uh, after Burt Kreischer's roast on April 1 on OnlyFans TV, it is free to stream. I love that OnlyFans was like, we're doing television, and they came to me first. It's cool. So they came cool. to a woman. Yes, April 1st, roast of Burt Kreischer. Whitney Cummings roast is uh, Mother's Day, April 14th. You will love it. Um, Bob the Drag Queen's on it. I think Bob the Drag Queen said uh, Whitney. Um, Whitney's drag name is Botox Horseface. <laughs> Like oh, hilarious. God. So that's what we're doing. And I hope you I hope people enjoy it. And I, I have an OnlyFans page where instead of dirty photos and dirty videos, that's where I put dirty jokes that would get me in trouble anywhere else. Because some people do want to see edgy jokes, you know? Oh, my God. That's also so cool. I didn't know that. Are you are there a lot of comedians on OnlyFans? Uh, yeah, they're starting to. I think they're going to really they're starting to do specials. They're starting to do, you know, comedy because it's like comedians that are 25 starting out, like there's no place for them. Netflix right. isn't going to give them specials. And OnlyFans is also making it free to stream. You don't have to pay for it. You have, and Netflix, you have to pay for it. Because my whole thing is, if if I didn't make you laugh, you should get your money back. Right. You know what I mean? Well, that's very cool. Very, very cool. 
and your podcast you have a podcast you mentioned yes 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 i want you to come on it one day let's make that happen when you come to la but do you wear a mask do we put like a like a hood (laughs) on you no i don't i've never done a podcast um i love that you're like the the sia of like celebrity goss yeah the smart the sea of celebrity goss i like that yeah well thank you so much for being here a long time in the making thank you for sharing your insights if you ever like i'm pitching myself to be a recurring correspondent if you're ever like you know i do know a lot about how tv and movies get made and i think a lot of people you know no fault of their own are like oh like the way that we were able to kind of deconstruct the woman that is on that thing if you're ever like hey i have a question about how movies get cast or i have a question about how if this person storms off a set or if this goes wrong, I can like give you a like a if you just send me a text about it, I can send you a voice memo and you don't have to air it. But just to like give like context. I or love I can that. Text- Thank you so much. That No, that's really helpful. That's really helpful. Thank you. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. See you next time. Thank you, guys. Thanks. What an honor. I hope I didn't blow it. This has been a production of Cadence 13, an Odyssey studio. New episodes of Do You will air every Thursday. See you next week.